Hello and welcome to another episode of the Just Some Magic podcast. I am your host Morgan and I can't wait to share with you another magical episode. Here on the Just Some Magic podcast, we like to share people's most magical moments and today is nothing different. We have a special guest come on and share his most magical moment having his Disney wedding in none other than Walt Disney World. I can't wait for you guys to hear this story and hear all the magical ways that Disney went above and beyond to make them feel truly like Disney royalty. Be sure to stick around to the very end to hear some listener stories sent in by you, the fans. If you would like to share your most magical moment, please go to justonmagic.com and click on the share your magic button. I can't wait to read all your stories, but now on with the show. to introduce a other fellow Disney podcaster. He is the, one of the hosts of the Disney Underground, and we want to welcome Gene. Hi, Gene. Welcome to the show. Hey, Morgan. What's up? I was a guest on Gene's show a while ago, and it was such a fun episode. We were just gushing over everything Disney, and we just had the best time. I had so much fun coming on your show, so I'm so glad that you're now coming on my show. I'm a, I'm a big fan of your show. I feel like I feel like if you decide not to be a Disney podcaster, you should be like a marriage counselor. You have such a just a <laughs> such an awesome voice that just so calming and soothing. If you come home cranky, you need to listen to just some magic. It puts you in a good mood every time. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Well, thank you. That's such a sweet compliment. I'm telling you right now, if, if 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 there's people who are having problems in that marriage, they need to get in touch with you so you can just talk to them and calm them down. Yes. You should be, you can definitely, you can get rid of all those conflicts. There was actually um, another podcaster that I interviewed and I'm, there's an episode I'm saving for a little bit later, but they are Mouse Park Insider. They're a wonderful couple. I don't know if you've heard of them, Gene, but they're absolutely adorable. And we, I was asking them some questions and they were kind of bickering. And so I kind <laughs> of ended up being their therapist on the show. It, we had it all a great time and it was so much fun, but yeah, definitely the marriage counselor. I should, I should change career paths if podcasting doesn't work out for sure. You, you can do it for sure. You have that voice, man. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. You're so sweet. But so you're coming on here and, you know, February is like, there's a lot of different things that happen during February, but one of which is Valentine's Day. And you have a very special story. If you want to give us a little teaser of what magical moment you're going to share today. Yeah, I was, I was married in 2013. I was married at Disney. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Wait, what month in 2013? It was in March. So oh, it's what? it's almost the uh, the seven year or eight year anniversary soon. That is amazing. Well, happy yeah. early anniversary, wedding anniversary. Actually, May of 2013, I did started my Disney College program, so we just missed each other. Oh, we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. I'm so excited to deep dive into that because, like I told you off recording, that not a lot of people get to have a wedding at Disney. So I'm definitely going to pick your brain about that, and can't wait to hear all about it. Cool. But before we get into all that. I got to ask you some really fun Disney questions to kind of 
get to know you a little bit more and get to know your Disney personality. And you have a big Disney personality. I mean, you have your own podcast. So do you want to share a little bit of your podcast before we get started into the question? Yeah, great. Um, we have It's the Disney Underground. And it's just a bunch of just Disney fanatics from all over the country. We were actually, we were all just, we all met on Instagram as just Disney fan friends. And just through Instagram, like got to know each other and realized these are my people. When I decided to put together a podcast, they were like my first call to say, hey, I'm doing a podcast. What do you guys think? And we just, we, we, we put it together and we started back in August of 2020. And we've been doing it now since then. Every week we drop every, uh, every Monday, 8 a.m., the new episode every week. And uh, it's been, it's really been fun. I've actually met like my secondary Disney family, you know, and it's been just an amazing, uh, fun journey. Your show has a really fun dynamic with like multiple different personalities and everybody has their different takes on different things. And it's really fun show. So you guys should definitely go check that out for sure. Um, But now are you ready for some fun, obscure questions? Yeah, let's talk some Disney. Perfect. Okay. So I start this question off with every single guest, but why do you love Disney? Which might be the easiest and the hardest question combined, really, right? All at the same time. Like, because yes. you ca- everybody knows why they love Disney, but you, it's to verbalize it is like another thing, though, you know? <laughs> you know what it is? It's the intangibles in life that it presents. It's the, it's the stuff that you can't touch, see, or feel. It just, you can feel it, but with your heart, kind of. You know what I mean? Um, you walk into the, but, but honestly, like you walk into the park and it's like life changes like instantly, not even in the park. Once you just get into the, the town of what Disney is, you know, like not even one of the parks, just the actual, like just the, just the resort area. It's like everything just changes. And there's like, it's, it's hard to even describe, put into words. It's, there's an intangible that it has, at least for me. I mean, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but for me. It's not about the rides. It's not about this. It's, you know, it's it's not about the food. It's the overall, just the intangible of what Disney brings, that hope, that joy, and just, just being a kid, no matter how old you are, it, it, there's no way you can't just be like a kid again when you go there. And if you're not, it's because you're not giving it a chance. It, it It's just the ultimate intangible in life of you can't capture it. You can't put it a number on it or a price on it. It's just, it's just what it but it makes you feel inside in your heart, you know? Absolutely. Do you get really excited when you're going to Walt Disney World and you go through those gates with Mickey on them and Minnie and all that stuff? Do you get that like really like excited feeling all of a sudden? Is that kind of when it starts? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I fly down, it starts from the minute I, I hit the airport in New York. If I'm driving down, that's kind of where it hits me. kind of hits me when I get a. It's, and to be honest, it actually hits me when I cross the Florida the Florida line from Georgia to Florida. Uh-huh. And but it, once you get to that part where you're actually driving into Disney, where you, you, you like you said, you see that gate with Mickey and Minnie welcoming you welcoming you in. That's where it's like the butterflies all of a sudden hit, and it's like life instantly changes in that split second that you cross that gate. Anything that happened before that gate doesn't even matter anymore. It's like it's it's out of sight, out of mind. This is Disney time, you know. I love that life instantly changes. It it truly does. I completely agree with you on that. Okay, so my next question is, which Disney parks have you visited? Uh, I've done Disneyland um, out in California. I've done, obviously, all the, the, the four in Florida. Uh, I haven't been to any of the other ones overseas. I'm dying to get out to Asia. Obviously, it's not the right time for it right now, but that's okay. definitely... It's not even like, I wouldn't even call it my bucket list because I feel like a bucket list is sometimes things that are just hard to attain. It's not, it's something that's going to have to happen either way. 
once yeah. things go back to normal, I'll be in I'll be in those Asia parks. I'm not even going to consider it a bucket list. It to me, it's just like a no brainer. I'll be there. It's I just, a to do list. <laughs> yeah, it's it's exactly it's it's a different than a bucket list. It's a to do list. Now, my daughter has been to Disneyland Paris, and she loved that. And I and I definitely want to go there too. But I got to hit the Asia parks first because for everything I've ever heard about Tokyo is it's the most amazing experience as far as a park is concerned. So that's got to be like the next one I hit. It is completely immersive. I can say that from experience. Mm. So I can't wait for you to get over and then you could do a whole podcast episode on it. It'll be so much fun. Yeah, I can't wait. So here's a fun question. Not necessarily your favorite Disney character, but what character do you most identify with that you're the most similar to? Oh, man. I, you know what? Ratatouille. For the longest time, I wanted to be a chef uh, growing up. Uh-huh. And when Ratatouille came out, I was like, that's, that's my Disney, like alter ego or not, or, uh, my, uh, uh like my guy, you know, like he, yeah. he, with the cooking, I, you know, I fell in love with that movie just because I have such an affinity for cooking. Uh, I love to cook and I kind of feel like he might be my guy. Now he's not my favorite character, but I feel like I can, I can, I understand what he's like. I could be a little bit of a food snob like him. Is it more Remy or Linguini? I'm, I'm more Remy. I'm more Remy. Yeah. Cause I can cook. I, I'm probably better cook than Linguini for sure. I think, oh, right? good, good. <laughs> but, but you know, you know, I would say more like Remy. I apologize, but I, I, I wanted to be a cook for so long. Like before I got even into doing like the podcasting and stuff, I was actually looking into going to culinary school and, oh, and stuff wow. like that. Yeah. That was actually like one of those goals that I had. And once I learned how, like the amount of work that it takes to be a chef, I realized I don't, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough gig, man. That's one of the hardest gigs on the planet is to be a chef, mm-hmm. especially at a restaurant. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of, I kind of balked at it and said, let me see if there's something that isn't going to be as crazy and as time consuming by family. And so I kind of went to a few other things and, and now I'm, I'm doing the, you know, like I said, doing this Disney podcasting thing. And, but yeah, I would say uh, Remy from Ratatouille is like my, uh, my spirit, my, my Disney spirit animal, I guess you could call him. Oh, I love that. That's so great. And are you really excited for the Ratatouille ride coming out? I am so excited. I cannot wait for it. I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be awesome. You know, it, it's, if it's anything like the one in, in, in uh, overseas, it should be amazing. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Big time. And I'm assuming your daughter's been on the one in Paris, correct? Yes. Yes. Wonderful. And what did she say about it? Did she love it? She, she loved it all together. She even likes the, uh, the Space Mountain out there. She loved the, the Indiana Jones. She loved the whole thing. Very cool. Okay, speaking of rides, so only true Disney fans would answer this question, but what is your dream ride to get stuck on? It's going to be an obvious one, I think, because I think it's a lot of people would have, the, I feel like a lot of people have the same one, is prob- probably Haunted Mansion and just getting the, having to turn the lights on and just see what what's what in there, you know? Kind of getting yeah, like behind, absolutely. you know, they turn those lights on, you can kind of see everything. Would you rather get stuck on uh, Disneyland's version or Disney World's version? You know, it's been so long since I've been on that one. I, I know Disney World's for sure. Magic Kingdom for sure. And is there a particular scene in Haunted Mansion you'd like to get stuck on? I know people have said the attic so they can actually like look around or the ballroom or like... The graveyard scene anything? maybe. Graveyard I'd say either scene. the attic or the graveyard, yeah. That would be so cool. And were you going to say one more ride? I yeah, think- well, I would say maybe an honorable mention because I heard that when you do get stuck on it, they need, when they have to evacuate you, they actually bring you through the cave is uh, Expedition Everest. So that would be kind of cool to actually walk through the cave where the Yeti is if that's what they, if that's really what oh. they do. I'd heard that that's what they do. So oh that would be gosh. fun. That would be so cool. Did you ever ride it when it was working, the Yeti? I, I remember I wrote it like when it was first on, so I must have. I just don't really I don't really remember. Because I've been riding that thing every year that it's been up since it's been up. So I know it hasn't worked for like, for a long time, for, you know, quite a few years. 
because I feel like, you know, they, they get, they catch a bad rap for it, but it's a hard thing for them to fix. They only have such a little enclosed area to be able to fix it, you know? Oh, absolutely. And then they probably have to take the top of the roof off of yeah, it and so. whatnot. So totally understand. But I, I, the reason I ask is because I have faint memories of it working as, as a kid when I wrote it, when it first opened and I'm like, oh, I remember it being so cool, but now it's Disco Yeti, but... <laughs> <laughs> My next question is, if you were to take a first timer to Walt Disney World with a four day pass, which park and ride would you start them with? If, if, if I want to immerse them in, in everything Disney, to me, Epcot's always been the one, right? But mm-hmm. I think if I'm taking someone that's never been to, to, to Disney before and I want to immerse them in the magic, it's got to be Magic Kingdom, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. the most Disney of, of Disney there is. I guess the ride, I know it's going to sound kind of maybe obvious, but... I, I would say the, the, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Ooh, that's a good one. You got to start with the first princess. So first Yeah, ride, that's, first that's what I figure. I mean, that's like, you know, that's about as classic as it gets. I know it's not a classic ride. It's only been there a few years, but I feel like that's the most, you know, it's just, it's old school Disney, you know, it's based on yeah. Snow White. And Okay. My next question is, if you could work any role in a Disney park, what role would you want to be and why? And it could be anything. Do they have taste testers? Do they have people that go around all the, all the restaurants and taste? I'll be a, I would love to be a taste tester when they open a new joint and then go in and get to taste all the food. That would be fun because then you don't have – you get the fun side of like being a chef and cooking but like without the pressure of it. You're like, oh, this is good. This is bad. Yep. <laughs> is there a particular restaurant you would want to be a taste tester at? Do you have a favorite that you would want to be like, I want to take make sure that this food is good all the time or just kind of like resort-wide? I think I think resort-wide would be fair, you know, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah. I, uh, but if I had – if they had to keep me somewhere special every every time, let me go to California Grill and just taste everything on the menu – Every day to make sure that the chefs are up to snuff that day. Good. I, I haven't been there, but I'll make put that on my to-do list if you recommend Morgan, you it. Haven't, you haven't been to California Grill yet? Okay. I'm like, you know, going to the parks. I was very broke college kid and I would stay at All Stars and go to like the cheap quick service places. Okay. I, I haven't been able to venture out. <laughs> you got to do, you will love, you will fall in love with the California Grill, especially if you go at night when the fireworks shows come back and you get to see Happily Ever After. It is an experience. One day, one day I'll get to do it. So my next question is, after a major Disney trip, what is the first part of your body that starts to give out? <laughs> um, my emotions, because I'm crying that I'm not there anymore. That's, <laughs> you know. I love that answer. <laughs> yes. I, 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 start, I start getting sad when there's like three days left of my trip because I start counting down the, the minutes and I'm like, Ugh. Oh my gosh, three days? How long are you oh. usually there for? I mean, well, because I'm from New York, so if, for me, it's a little, you know, when I get down there, I go down there for like usually a week. So if I'm down there a week, by like day four, I'm not looking at like, yeah, I have three days left. I'm looking like, oh my God, there's only three days left. What do we do? So Aww. it's completely different. But um, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, like I, the only thing is because you're, it's constantly, it's it's not like a resting vacation, right? It's, it's not like you're sitting on a beach. It's constant yeah. walking and it's constantly running around. So yeah, I'll say I probably come come back and I'm probably just overall tired. It's almost like you want a vacation from the vacation, you know? Oh, thousand percent. Yes. When you hit like 10,000 steps, 12,000, 16,000 steps in one day, you're just like, yeah, yeah I've done enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I always joke. I'm like, when I have kids one day, I'm going, before I take them to Disney World ever, I'm going to train them on like nightly neighborhood walks all together at minimum two miles. And so we can get that endurance. In. And of course, like I'll get a stroller if I need to, but like <laughs> they're getting those steps in and they're getting used to it. 
Yeah, no, that's a good idea. You know, you say it's joking, but that's a great idea. Disney workout plan for sure. For, sh- <laughs> for, the whole for sure, family. Prep, Disney prepping. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, speaking of kids, if you were driving, okay, you have one daughter. You mentioned, correct? Do you have another kids? Yeah, I have my daughter and my son. My oh, son nice. is eighteen. My daughter is twenty, and she'll be twenty-one in like a few, you know a couple weeks. Oh my gosh. Well, happy yeah. early birthday to her and yeah. happy early anniversary for you. So my question is, if you were driving with your daughter and your son at a young age, let's say like six or something, and they had their car full of all of their friends and you were on a long road trip across country and they only wanted to listen to one Disney soundtrack on repeat, which Disney soundtrack would it be? Moana. Ooh. And I don't know if this counts, but because I don't know if it's it, like, I don't, I don't know if it's an actual record or just a playlist on Apple, but they have the 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 playlist where you can listen to all the 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 theme music to all the rides, and so like, do you know what, do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, like strictly the theme park music, like Tiki Room, Pirates of the Caribbean. Is that kind of what yeah, you're talking about? Yeah, that. I don't know if it's an actual album, but it's a playlist on like Apple Music and or yes. Spotify. They have it as well. That would be my first choice if that was if that could count. But other than that, oh. I would say probably Moana. Ooh both good options and no one said like the actual theme park music like I know I've seen people at work like listen to DCA's Esplanade music or something or Disneyland's Esplanade music and where it's just a rotating cycle of just different variations of Disney songs and it's just so enjoyable and you gotta love it and it puts you in the park like when you're listening to and it's the actual version of of the background music to Pirates Mm -hmm. of the Caribbean it's like you're there you like it just just clears your soul. Like when they play like the music, the instrumental to Soren, that mu- that background music to Soren, it's just like, it, it just puts you there, you know? Yes. Oh, you totally feel like you're there and you feel that like initial takeoff when you start the ride and stuff, just the yeah. doo-doo. I'm not mm-hmm. a singer, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> Most Disney fans will know what I mean. Okay. So here's kind of an emotional question, but what attraction would you be absolutely devastated if they demolished it during your lifetime? Now, updates and improvements are acceptable, though. It's going to sound silly because it's not really a ride, so to speak. I mean, I guess it is, but it's not like an action-packed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But is is the people mover? <gasps> oh. So yeah, the people. To me, the people mover is just like it's a ride that I go on when I first get there. Um, before I do any other rides, that's our first thing we get on is that, and we kind of just get ready for the park. We kind of just take that around Tomorrowland to get ready for the park. And that's kind of, and we and we probably ride that another one or two times during that day, just to you know, when you want a little bit of breather, you get on it, you get the nice wind from from being on it when it zips by, and uh, you get yeah. a little, you get a little relaxation, you get to sit down for a few minutes, and still feel like you're doing a ride, you know. And you get to see inside of a couple, a of bunch rides. of them, yeah, 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 and you get to see overhead about maybe, especially in the morning, you said all the people trickling in, like mm-hmm. that would just be such a, such a good start to your day for That's, sure. It's like our tradition when our first thing we always do when we go to Magic Kingdom, we get off Main Street, we go to Tomorrowland, and that's always the first the first attraction we hit. Do you have any updates in mind that you would love to add to the People Mover? I, leave it the way it is. It's perfect. <laughs> it's it's perfect. But that question has already happened to me because the other ride I would say is something that is gone and it breaks my heart every day. And that's right. the great movie ride. Oh, that was such a good ride. It, it oh was one. And, and, and it's not a knock on Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway. I get that's a fantastic ride. I get it's mm-hmm. great. I just wish they would have just built it somewhere else. I miss the great movie ride like you have no idea. And I missed out on my goodbye kiss for it. 
But Aww. I didn't even, the last, that one point where I could have rode it my last time, my kids didn't want to go on it. We didn't realize it was going to be the last time we were going to be able to ride it. So I didn't get to ride it. So those brats ruined my last chance to say <laughs> goodbye to the great movie ride. I Hopefully feed you them. Don't listen to this show. <laughs> I feed them. I clothe them. You know, and they, they, yeah, they, they, they destroyed my great movie ride oh memories. No, but um, yeah, no, I, that's that, that. If you would have asked me, you know, a couple of years ago, that would be the one, yeah. and and that and it actually happened. I I'm right there with you. I have felt a very like strong connection. I always loved the great movie ride. I loved all the different environments that they put you in. I love the storytelling. I love how long it was, you know, mm-hmm. you yeah. know like we said, walking 16,000 steps a day. It's a great way to just like kick back and everybody can enjoy it and stuff. And like you said, Mickey Minis is great. It's fine, but could have been anywhere else yeah. for sure. Yep. And I don't know if you listened to episode three, but a former Imagineer worked on the great movie ride. And, you know, when he was working on it, he thought oh, there's no way they're going to get rid of this. And look at what they did. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one of those classic rides that's been there since I think like day one, right? Um, yeah. It of, was uh, like Hollywood it's, Studios. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 older than the name of the park itself. It's been there since the MGM days. Yes. Oh, the MGM days. <laughs> it's gone. It's no more. And it's just, it's sad. They they replaced it with a really a great ride. I just wish it could have been an addition, not a replacement. Exactly. I'm right there with you for sure. So please don't touch the people mover because that will <laughs> that's <laughs> that's like a second tough blow that I can't take. Yes. And Disneyland's already like gr- have overgrown plants over it and all that stuff. Their pe- people movers just completely toast yeah disney world is the only last leg we have of it yeah please leave that don't don't touch it what is your favorite cliche disney shirt you see all the time that you wouldn't mind wearing because there's some pretty bad ones and you being a disney fan you probably see millions so being this the snack enthusiast that i am i would and again you see a million different variations of it a million different times in the park is the I'm just here for the snacks t-shirt. I feel like every small shop makes I'm just here for the snacks t-shirt, right? Yes. I, every single one of them. But I like that one because I think it's actually, it's like they actually get me because I'm all about the Disney snacks, man. And what's your favorite Disney snack? It's kind of a tie. I, I like the Dole Whip, obviously, like, because who doesn't, right? There's also, and I can't remember exactly what they call it, but it's the macaroon, the ice cream sandwich, the macaroon ice cream sandwich that you get in the French Pavilion. In, oh in Epcot. I don't know if there's a specific name for it. I forget now, but that, if you if you haven't had that yet, that's like, you have to get it. It is phenomenal. Well, I'll have to go check that out when I'm down there. All right. So that was a good one. So it is, I'm just here for the snack shirt. Perfect. All right. And my very last question is, what is an unpopular Disney opinion that you have? There's two of them. And, and I'm a hypocrite on both of them because it's a, it, one's a <laughs> snack that I hate, but every time I go, I got to get one. <laughs> and a ride that I absolutely loathe because every time I go on it, I get off it feeling like like I'm old all of a sudden because I'm in so much pain. Oh, no. So the snack is the turkey leg. I, now, every time I go, I'm a, such a hypocrite. I get it because I feel like I have to because it's just a traditional Disney snack. But it's one of those snacks that every time I'm, I get five or six bites in and I'm like, why did I order this grease meat on a leg on, on, on a bone <laughs> and i heard it very salty too i so have salty. had one but yeah don't salty. don't do it i know a lot of people, a lot of people love it i'm surprised you, i feel like everybody's had to have it and everybody loves it and and i feel like everyone looks at me like i'm crazy that i don't and that and then they and then they want to tell me i'm crazy because i'm eating it anyway but just because i'm a hypocrite and then the other one is and i know it's a lot of people's favorite ride because it's a traditional kind of been there forever roller coaster and it's space mountain i hate space mountain hate it. I feel like everybody loves Space Mountain and everyone I tell anybody that I always get this like, are you crazy? For me, who's been to both Disneyland and Disney World, I love Disneyland Space Mountain. 
Disney World is okay. It, I can definitely see what you're talking about with like feeling pain or just feeling old coming off of it because it's Ugh. very rough. So I, I'm kind of the same way about Matterhorn over at Disneyland. I just know that in, in Magic Kingdom, it's I'll ride it once at minimum because it's like you can't go to Magic Kingdom and not ride Space Mountain, right? I mean, it's it's like just a synony- it's synonymous with Tomorrowland. Yeah. But every time I do, I get off it saying that's why I hate this ride and that's why I'm never going on it again. Because yeah. I get off it and I feel like I feel like I'm like 70 years old and everything hurts. You know, I can't I can't do it, man. <laughs> yes, I totally agree with you. Or like you said, you have to go on it. And for my birthday in December this past year, I I went on and I, you know, we wait in the long line, like, oh, it's your birthday, go down the fast pass line. So me and my friend, we got to go and we got up to where they split you up on the alpha or beta side. I believe that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And they said, Which side do you prefer? And I said, Oh, I don't really go on this enough to know which side I like. They're like, Okay, well, you can just come do both. And I'm like, What? And so I do the first side. I'm like, ow, ow, ow. Okay, that was fun. And we go up to do it the second time. And I'm, and then after that, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. I don't need to do it anymore. <laughs> Thank you, lovely cast members, but I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> for answering those questions i feel like i got to know you a lot more by like you know you're cooking and you want to be a taste tester and be like remy like i absolutely love it but cool. i'll let you take it away now and share your magic my, my my disney wedding it was you know we were there in may 2012 and we usually i'd say like 90 percent of the time we stay at the boardwalk and we were there in may of 2012 and we actually happened to see people coming back from a wedding at Seabreeze Point at the boardwalk. And, you know, I turned to my wife and I said, we should maybe do that. We haven't, you know, we've been, at the time she wasn't my wife. We've been together since 1998. We've done everything that a couple could do. We've had kids. We bought a house. Everything except the actual wedding and, gotten, and getting married. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, we've been engaged at this point for like 12 years, you know, because we've been, we were engaged since the beginning. But we never got the marriage done. And, you know, I turned to my wife, I said, we should, we should just do that, you know, and, you know, we'll just come here, you know, we won't have a huge wedding, we'll just just have our immediate family, and we'll just do it here. And so we got back, and I guess about July or so, we reached out, we emailed Disney, and they had someone call us back, uh, a wedding planner. And I'll tell you, they, they make the whole thing really easy. I know it sounds kind of daunting, you think about, I mean, destination weddings in itself sound daunting, but and then you think to side it up with Disney is even even crazier. Were you still living in New York at this point, or were you living somewhere else? No, no, we were we were in New York. I've been in New York my whole my whole life, so yeah, we were in New York. And again, like so, like to, that's another thing too is you get, everything you plan is through email and over the phone. It's it's you know you don't really get a chance to come down and look at it. So a lot of it's just by photo and email and phone, and and that makes it a little bit harder too. But. I'll tell you, they could not have been more supportive and just receptive to everything that we, every question we had, we would get an email back that, if not that day, by the next morning, uh, they were just, they were fantastic. The, um, the people that helped us pick everything out and they help you, they help you with everything, they help you find your, your minister. They help you find anything with the decorations. They help you find your photographers, makeup people. They, they really, you know, 
whether it's in-house or not, they help you, they give you like lists of people where you can call to get stuff for it. So they, they oh, are on top of everything. That's so cool. I was wondering like how much does Disney cover and how much outreach or um, off property people and stuff. So that's really interesting that they like have all of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, they don't cover it. They give you like the lists so you can kind of find, you know, like, okay, there's like a, a list of ministers, um, you know, and again, I don't know if they still do that stuff. This I'm also going back. This was 2012, 2013. So, um, but at the time, yeah, like they had had like the listing of if we want to use certain people for photography, if we want to use certain people for uh, makeup, um, stuff like that. The, the musicians they had, we had a uh, we had a violinist to our, our, our wedding song, which is "At Last" by Etta James. Um, oh, so they help you kind of get all that stuff together. That way, it's not like such a process. Being in you know, how do you pick a lot of these things? When you're, you're in New York, you're like 700, 800 miles away, or whatever it is, to be able to pick all the things you need to pick. And not being on site, they really do help you a lot with, you know, as far as their guidance to it all, they're fantastic about it. Building the perfect wedding. Disney in itself is perfect. So, I mean, to, to have the Disney wedding and it go and hitch the way it does with as chaotic as it could be, they do a phenomenal job keeping it from being a chaos filled. But yeah, so like they, they help you go through all that, you know, they, they helped us get our minister, all the options. You know, we decided to have it at Seabreeze Point on the boardwalk. Where is that? Is you know the gazebo? The gazebo, yes. Like, it's so like you- if you're coming facing Yacht and Beach, if you go to the right towards yep. Epcot, is that? Yeah. Oh, it, that's okay. that. It's that gazebo. So we had our wedding right under that gazebo. Uh, depending oh. on where you want to have at different locations is, is how many people you're allowed to have. And I think for that location, we were allowed to have like up to 25 people, if I remember correctly. Or it was up to 20 people. And we had about 20 people there. And, 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 you know, and it's not just that stuff that they do for you. They do so much more besides helping you with all the decisions and all the planning and stuff like, you know, and, and there's a, a million options on the cakes. They, they, and the cake is phenomenal. The cake that they make, uh, we had like a three tier cake. It was like half chocolate mousse, half raspberry filling, uh, a, a, a nice, beautiful Mickey and Minnie topper on top that, you know, that we obviously got to take home and keep that's that we have oh, it now cute. displayed on our hutch. But they do so many other things besides even just the wedding. It's like the whole stay that you're there, they make you feel like you're like the most important people on the planet. Like it's it's true VIP. Uh, you feel like a superstar and a celebrity. They really and that they really do make you feel like because everywhere you go, they mention the wedding. They mention, oh, you're getting married on site, and blah, blah, blah. And they they oh. do a phenomenal job about it. The night before our wedding, we had dinner at the Flying Fish, and it was probably about um, I don't know if we were, we were all there, but it was like, it was like at least 15, 16 of us, maybe might've even been the whole 20 of us, but they came out with complimentary champagne toast for the whole, for, for our whole party. Yeah. For 20, for about 20 people, they, they had like extra little, um, desserts and stuff that they, that they gave us. Yeah. It was just, it, they, they really took the time to make sure that you felt super important wherever else you went. And then the night of the wedding, we went to Sindler's Royal table. And again, with like, like 20 of us and- <gasps> They, they took care of us there too. It was extra, they had like extra desserts that weren't even on the menu that they brought out. They just, you know, they, they actually, and I don't know if they normally let you do it. I, we were afraid they weren't going to let us use our dining credits for everybody. They actually let us use our dining credits for the whole party. So we had like 20 people at Cinderella's oh, Royal right. Table because we were there for like two, for like a two week stay. So we yeah. had like, we had a ton of dining credits. And so they actually let us use it for the whole party. That is amazing because isn't that location? I mean, I don't know if it was at the time, but I, I think now it's two dining credits. I think it was at the eat. time too. So um, yeah, yeah it, it was, it was, and we were on the, the, the Lux at the time too. So we, I think we had three a day. So yes, yeah, so we actually ended up taking care of it mostly through that. And again, I don't think they normally allow that typically. I know some places don't let you do it for the whole party if they're not on the plan, but they, they let us do that there. You know, another thing that's awesome that they do is they give you an annual, the, me and my wife each got annual passes. Oh, 
So we had we had our annual passes. So when we came back for the year, we were like we were good. And here's another thing too. We, and we didn't expect this part either. Is they actually gave us gold watches as like a wedding gift. So we each what? got a, a yeah. They give us a his and her gold watches, and it was on the face was Cinderella's uh, castle on the face. So really, really, I have to be honest. It's one of those nice, nice watches that I won't ever really wear just because it's like a memento at this point. Yeah. So absolutely. it sits in a in a box, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to wear it because it's like it's it's a memento at this point. It's almost like a second wedding ring, essentially. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> in true Disney fashion, like in, they always do, they they always get the customer service to to it down to a T. And and yeah, in the wedding week that we were there, the two weeks we were there was like no exception. Every restaurant we went to. They made a fuss, whether it be just saying congratulations or actually giving us extra bonus stuff on our meal. The champagne was none of this stuff is expected either. Like we went into each thing not even expecting what we got. You know, they gave us a, like a, a gift basket at the boardwalk after the wedding, uh, with like different snacks in it. There was a complimentary champagne in it. It was a bunch. Yeah, it was just like little knickknacks, you know, like little cool little Disney knickknacks and stuff. And it was just just an awesome thing. Like, and again, when you set these weddings up, you think, okay, the wedding's gonna be awesome because it's in Disney. But you don't think about all the other bonuses that they actually do for you throughout the the time of your stay. And yeah, they leading do leading up to it yeah. after it. That yeah. that just absolutely sounds incredible. You know, you go to these things and you're wearing like your birthday button, and you hope a couple of cast members say like hi to you or uh, just married. You know, or you hope someone says like happy ever after or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you, they, you. you probably weren't wearing it the entire time at least so they probably just knew from your reservation like oh these people are getting married on property treat them like disney royalty all that stuff yep and they did and um just phenomenal service and again they always get customer service right that's not anything to really brag about they've always they're always on top of customer service but just even above and beyond even the great service they already give it was it was just amazing and we also booked our now that it's actually coming back to me we actually booked our honeymoon even though we were in disney we booked our honeymoon that was going to take place six months later in disney as well where it was gonna be just just me and my wife so we ended up going back like the following october and or september october something like that and they again because we booked it before we even left i guess they were able to like match it up to that reservation and when we came back they knew it was like a honeymoon thing so when we went to flying fish for, for dinner one of those nights they took care of us there again this time was just me and my wife, but they gave us like little complimentary things in between each course, like to like like to cleanse your palate, like a mousse bouche, and like they gave us this little like lemon sorbet thing that cleanses your palate, so that we can prepare for the next course. They gave us complimentary champagne for the two of us that night too. They even did like a little like a mini. It wasn't the same wedding cake we had. It was, but it was kind of like the same thing, and it was almost like they just took like the the top tier, like the smaller version, yeah. and made that f- for just me and her. It was all complimentary. They didn't charge me for that. It was like oh just bonus, you know. So yeah, they do they do a lot of different stuff besides just the actual actual wedding. That is incredible, and especially like the honeymoon afterwards, mm-hmm. like, stuff we would never have expected. You like I said earlier, like you're true Disney royalty. So the actual wedding and everything, do they have? You know, there's like typically the bridal suite and the groom's suite. Was was that all set up too? Like, how was the actual like getting out there kind of thing? Like, tell us about the actual wedding. Yeah, it was it was more like immediate family, brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews, and but you know, and our parents. So I actually stayed at the night before I stayed at the Caribbean Beach Resort because that's where my brother-in-law was staying. So I stayed with him 
so that way we can walk over to the boardwalk, not walk, but we go to the boardwalk together. Yeah, they, they, you know, you get there, they usher you to another, into another section, to another room, and they basically help you set up. So like they basically put the, uh, the flower on my lapel and they kind of get everything else set up and um, my clothes were there and they, they, they really kind of manage, they micromanage everything, but to a good point, not like a negative micromanaging, like a good micromanaging, yeah, like something you that you don't know, have to worry about something slipping through the cracks. Yeah, because you're already, go- your brain's already going a million miles an hour anyway about thinking what you could miss and they make sure that you don't miss anything. And um, we did it at, the, at that gazebo. You know, they got the chairs already lined up. There's, there's literally all you have to do is show up. They actually take care of everything. All you got to <laughs> do is make your decisions on, what, on yeah. what they offer and then just show up. And and that's what we did. We just showed up. So yeah, so we, uh, we did that there. And then they even did, we did the photography for like the wedding photos. We did, um, they did them the next day. They didn't do them that day. So we actually had to get pre-dressed up in wedding gear and everything else for the next day. And we shot those those shots at the boardwalk in different areas of the boardwalk. Like we have photos in like, um, you know, on the boardwalk where they have like the the, uh, the photo booths. So we did photos. Yes. Yeah, we did photos yeah. by that or by the gazebo. And then we did them in, in Epcot's World world showcase so we got pictures in like uh, monsieur paul we got we got pictures in the italy section in the italy pavilion the french pavilion where else did we get pictures taken are you taking this before like the park opens and stuff is that how you're able to do this nobody's there it's a kind of like and they even like kind of take you behind the scenes because they actually take you behind like the pavilions so you actually see like behind like you know behind the magic a little bit and it's it's really cool because yeah again we did it the next day Big Disney fans want any excuse to go see anything backstage. So I guess we everybody go get yeah. married at Disney. <laughs> yeah, no, they, that was it was that was one of the awesome parts of it. And I just remember like having the we had to get up early the next day because you had to get before the park opened. But they took us. We went behind everything because they they picked you up from the from the uh, from the in front of um, the boardwalk. They picked us up and they they drove us to Epcot. So instead of like walking to Epcot like you normally can, we just drove into like the front of Epcot. And then we kind of went. But they took us behind like the the, the world showcase. So we got to see behind everything and. Yeah, we took photos in about three or four different pavilions. Yeah, it was it was honestly a, a, just a tremendous uh, experience. And I bet the photos turned out wonderful too. Yeah, no, the photos were phenomenal. Um, they, I think, if I remember correctly, we used I think they were Disney photographers too. Like we had the option to use different people, but for that we were able to use Disney photographers, and that was part of it. And I believe we're allowed to go back. I think I got to double check with my wife. I think we're allowed to go back and read and do another photo shoot based on like the thing that we had that we can actually go back and do like extra photos because spoiler alert, we're actually going to be renewing our vows in two years at the same spot. Um, Yeah. So, so yeah, we're going to be doing that. We actually, we actually just emailed um, the wedding planners uh, probably about a a couple weeks ago and I'm just waiting for a few things to um, finish up work wise. And then I'm going to start planning that. And hopefully by May of, of uh, 2023, we're, we're doing our vows renewal in, in at the boardwalk again. That is amazing. Okay, so we're all invited. I'm yes. <laughs> you know, well, that's the thing. We might actually have to move it because at the boardwalk, I can only have 20 people, but we might actually have to move it to um, to like the pavilion over by Grand Floridian if we decide to have a little bit more people. You know, the uh, all of a sudden, you know, having the Disney podcast, as you know, all of a sudden you have a lot more Disney friends than you thought you did in the first place. So, and everybody wants to be part of like, you know, renewing your vows and stuff. So, absolutely. Oh my gosh, that'd be so fun. So, not only are you going to renew your vows, but you're also going to take another pictures. And that is so amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's going to be fun because we, the way we did it, we didn't really have a reception. We actually just went from right from there, we went right to Magic Kingdom and we basically just, 
20 of us spent the day in Magic Kingdom. And it, I remember how it was super crowded that day too. But we, we yeah. it, was, it was, I think it was a couple of days before Easter, if I remember correctly. I think Easter was there. We were there for Easter that same, that same vacation. So it was, it was pretty, it was pretty crowded. And that's where we ended up having our, we figured out like our, our reception would be our, our dinner at the Royal, at Cinderella's Royal Table. And again, they really, really took care of us there too. They let us use our dining point. So it wasn't going to be like a lot of out of pocket money. And um, so we saved money there, even though you, you prepay it, it is paid, but like, it's not like we had to worry about a bunch of money there. And again, they right. gave us stuff that wasn't even on the menu. Like they, they came out with like different like dessert treats that weren't even on the menu at the time. Ooh, oh my so, gosh. And yeah. when you were around Magic Kingdom that day, you changed into normal park attire, correct? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that wears, like, I just, I'm, I'm shy. I'm not going to wear like the top hat, Mickey top hat ears. Like I just, we just went to the park. We just you know, we disguise as a regular family, not, not newlyweds. <laughs> you know, Disney royalty undercover. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, but you know what, whenever we snapped that, that, that magic, that magic band anywhere, I don't even remember it was magic bands at that point. Might've not even been magic bands at that point. Might've still been the card, but whenever we, whenever our reservations came up anywhere, they knew who we were and they knew what we were doing and they took care of us 100%. This the whole trip. So how long was your wedding guests were there? How long did they stay? Cause you stayed for two weeks. Were yeah, they we just st- there a couple of days or did they stay a week or the whole time? Most of them were there for a week. It was the four of us, me, my wife, my son, and my daughter. My son was my best man. My daughter was my wife's maid of honor. And oh. yeah, that, that, and that we, we were there for like, again, I think it was like either 14 or 16 days. It might've been just over two weeks. Everyone else was there for like anywhere between, some people came in for like two or three days just for the span of the wedding. Another couple, a couple of people came and they were there for like a week and their week ended the day after the wedding. And some of them came like the day before the wedding and spent the week. So we were there pretty much the whole time with, with other family, but they weren't all there the whole, you know, two weeks or so. And your kids probably loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's, again, you know, when we waited so long to have a wedding and it was almost like. You, you know, our kids were grown and, you know, we, we put the car before the horse, as they say, you know, we, you know, we did it the opposite way, but I was like, I can't picture not really, not my son at that point was, what was he about 10, 11? I just couldn't picture not putting him as my best man. You know, that's my best, even at 10 years old, he was my best friend. So, um, oh. you know, and so we just we made a decision early to make them the, the uh, an integral part of the wedding as best man and maid of honor. You know, he gave his toast and, uh, you know, it was like any cute little 10 year old could do. And, and uh, it was a, it was really just a great, great day, man. Oh my gosh. That is incredible. Oh my gosh. Is there any last little tidbits you want to share about your, your Disney wedding? I would say this. I know a lot of people are probably scared of a Disney wedding because it sounds like it would be expensive and maybe it is. I don't know. I know it's affordable. I'm not rich and I was able to do it. So I would say if you're interested at all in having a Disney wedding, give them a call, give them an email and just look into it because you might be able to afford it. Maybe you can't do a huge wedding, but you could probably afford it. Again, I said, I'm not rich, but we were able to, we were able to make it work. And I would say anybody interested in wanting to do a Disney wedding, 100%, just, just reach out and find out. And I guarantee that they'll find the package that will work for you. So I would say if I can leave the listeners with anything is if it's at all an interest, Hey, just ask. Oh, absolutely. When you first told me that you did that, I was like, oh my gosh, it was probably so expensive. Like this is, you're probably one of the only people I know that's ever done a Disney wedding or anything like that. And so that is absolutely incredible that it's, you know, not as daunting as it sounds. And, you know, I kind of want to look into it one day when that happens for me. In my you life. should. I feel like you have to get married in Disney, Morgan. You have to. 
I think I would pick Disneyland though. I might be a little biased to Sleeping Beauty's castle for sure. But yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but no, that's amazing. And I think also too, with all of the little special ways that they treated you guys and all of the add-ons that happened, I think that definitely makes it all worth it, even if you are paying more than you expected, kind of thing. Cause you're gonna get so much more than you realized and stuff. And being Disney royalty, I mean, who can blame them? Yeah, and listen, it's it the amount of pixie dust they sprinkle on your day, man, is, and I hate to use the cliche, this pink pixie dust, but that's really what it is because you get so much, you don't just feel like they, they care. It's not like a cookie cutter wedding. You go to a lot of these other halls and they, you know, there's cookie cutter weddings and they're great. They're all great. Right. But even if this is, they don't let you feel like it is. I, I cause then they might do this, you know, 10 times a week for 10 other couples for all I know. But I, all I do know is when you are there, you don't feel that way. You know, whether, whether or not it is, I know, Everything they do, they make you feel like you're the most important people on the planet. You know, like you might as well be Jay-Z and Beyonce getting married. I mean, like you feel like you're, you feel like celebrity status. And it, it, it's one of the true things that they do that is just remarkable. Oh, my goodness. Well, I feel like we all want to look into the Disney weddings now for sure. And thank you so much, Gene, for coming on and sharing your story. It was absolutely amazing. Thanks for having me. Of course. And if you want to let us know where we can find you and your podcast, if you want to tell us all that information right now. You can find, we always call it the mothership. It's our Instagram is the, it's at the underscore magical underscore lifestyle. And that isn't the podcast name. That's just kind of like the overall company. And one of the products is the Disney underground. And that you can find on Apple, Spotify, uh, pretty much anywhere, iHeartRadio, anywhere you're going to find podcasts, you're going to find it. Just go, just, just uh, put in the search menu, The Disney Underground. And again, we have a new show up every Monday, 8 a.m. And, uh, you know, it's usually anywhere between, you know, an hour to two hours, just depending on how much stuff there is to go over that week. And we kind of, we kind of liken it to a morning drive radio show. You know, we have fun a lot of jokes, a lot of laughing, and some Disney news and info. So That is a perfect description of it. A morning drive Disney radio show. That yeah. is absolutely perfect. And I can agree with that as well from someone who's listened and also been on your show. Yeah. Um, and we'll have all those links in the show notes. But thank you, Gene, so much for coming on and sharing your most magical moment. Oh, okay. well, thanks for having me. stories that you the fan sent in if you would like to submit your story to be read on the just some magic podcast please go to justsomemagic.com and click on the share your magic tab today's story comes from rose w the morning of our disney wedding we woke up hours before the sun even got up to get ready not just for our wedding at the boardwalk but for our Magic Kingdom portrait session with Disney Fine Arts Photography. While I wasn't nervous to marry my husband, I certainly woke up with butterflies. Our photographers came to pick us up after our first look at the contemporary and drove us through the back entrance of Magic Kingdom, right onto the path in Liberty Square. We wandered between the castle, the Be Our Guest entrance, and the partner statue, which was super important for me to have. I will never forget running through the almost empty streets of Magic Kingdom at sunrise, laughing, twirling, and just having the best hour of my life with the man I was about to marry. I couldn't imagine starting that day any better. 
We were married later that day, October 1st, 2018, at Seabreeze Point by the Boardwalk with our reception at California Grill. Claire and I met on a dating app while I was living in New York City, and she was in her home country of Northern Ireland. She worked for Disney in their international program, working at Epcot in the UK restaurant Rosencrown. I grew up in Florida, which was only two hours away from Disney. Every birthday, big or small celebration, and really any weekend I was at Disney. I knew I went to Epcot many times that summer that Claire was working. My dad and I loved to get fish and chips from the UK Pavilion. I always wondered if I ever met or saw Claire before I actually met her because we would match on a dating app years later. When we matched, we were in different countries and so we couldn't meet right away. We both had so much in common, including our love of Disney and the parks. So we continued to talk for five months before I flew to Ireland to meet her and started dating shortly after. We knew that one of the trips we wanted to take was to go and visit Disney World. Our first trip was April 2018. Just walking through the gates of Magic Kingdom made me feel overwhelmed with emotion because I've had thousands of memories in these parks, but never would I have dreamed of getting to walk hand in hand with the woman I was going to marry. Seeing her face light up walking back into such a fond memory made my heart melt. I fell more in love with her every day we were there. We explored through the parks and went to different places she used to go to when she worked there. And we would share stories about our many trips to the parks. I shared my favorite Epcot eating spots and found out we have a lot of similar taste. I didn't think I could love Disney any more than I already did, but taking my dream girl completely changed how I looked at it. It's even more special now that since we had made so many trips to Disney. Each trip is so special, building on top of that first trip. We have been together now over three years and we have been engaged for five months. We plan to get married in 2022. Our goal as a married couple is to visit every Disney park around the world. This story is from Catherine Kay. For as long as I can remember, I always dreamed about a perfect engagement at my favorite place, Walt Disney World. Now, I didn't want it in front of the castle. I wanted it in some place special and intimate. My favorite location on Walt Disney World property is the sitting area between the UK and the France Pavilion at Epcot. I could sit there and admire the world showcase for hours. It was my favorite spot for fireworks too. Brian and I went to Walt Disney World in 2019 to celebrate being together for three years. Now, an important thing to note, when I go to Walt Disney World, I go with the flow. I hardly stick to a set plan. On the day of our dating anniversary, we did brunch at our favorite restaurant on property, California Grill. We discussed going back to watch the Christmas party fireworks at night from the balcony. At nightfall, we were at our hotel room getting back from dinner. I scored a frozen fast pass last second at Epcot, and we could just hop on the Skyliner and spend our night at Epcot instead of traveling all the way back to California Grill. We get off frozen, we start making our way to my favorite spot for fireworks, and it was blocked off for a private party. At this point, Brian randomly started freaking out, and he grabbed my hand, and we frantically pulled me around the World Showcase. Then, after speed walking completely around, we left the park from the World Showcase exit. Talk about a step count. At this point, I was like, let's just walk around and enjoy the boardwalk at night. All the lights were on and the fireworks were going off. It was beautiful. I was telling stories from my childhood because the boardwalk was always my home resort. I was just enjoying the ambiance. 
We get to the end where Jelly Rolls is and I hear the fireworks in the background. And so I turned around to watch and all of a sudden he got down on one knee and proposed to me. The fireworks were booming. Everyone around us was clapping and I was crying. It was amazing. I felt so completely in love and whole. It was the beautiful moment I've always dreamed about. Brian knew how much I loved the boardwalk and it meant so much to me. I didn't know about any of the other plans until after he had told me. I felt so bad, but in the end, it worked out so beautifully, and I wouldn't have changed it for the world. For the rest of our trip, we were able to celebrate and even laugh about how chaotic my decisions are at Disney because I love doing whatever I want, whenever I want. Even if it means plans don't always go as expected, but you love the outcome all the more. from Catherine's now husband Brian and he shares his perspective on the engagement. For as long as she could remember she dreamed about a perfect proposal at her favorite place Walt Disney World. When we met learning all about her love of Disney came as a bit of a shock. Being a late 20s male I honestly had no idea the level of fandom and attraction Disney held onto its fans. Fast forward to 2019 and I'm regularly decked out in a Pizza Planet t-shirt or a classic Mickey hoodie on the daily. I came to appreciate and understand how much Disney truly means to Catherine. Not just because she likes characters, movies, or parks. No, Disney represents so much more than that. A place to call home or feel safe and loved. There is no question in my mind I was going to ask her to marry me at Walt Disney World. A place I have come to love and appreciate for its dazzling and magical effect on those who are fortunate enough to experience it. I'll spare you the details of the following rain fiasco that set the following events off. Let's just say it arrived a day before we left. By the time we left, I had a few plans for a proposal. I wanted to put the ring inside a Polar Express Bell, her favorite Christmas movie, and give it to her at one of her special locations. Turns out it wasn't going to work out how I imagined, so I gave her the bell on a balcony uh, overlooking Main Street itself. It was nice and a disappointment at the same time. Plan 1. On top of the catwalk at her favorite restaurant, California Girl, overlooking the nightly fireworks. Plan 2. Her favorite spot in Epcot, sitting the area between the UK and France, overlooking the water. Other possible plans included the Tangle Lanterns photo pass at Magic Kingdom and the boardwalk. The trip commenced with all the dining planned out. We had dinner and brunch scheduled at the California Girl on two separate days. Two shots to get this right. I secretly talked with the host about getting someone on the balcony to take pictures when we returned for fireworks after dinner. We discussed whether someone would be able to use my phone to take pictures and it was not a problem. Cat ended the dinner with a pressure headache and we were not going to be back for the fireworks. Scratch off attempt one. Fail. I had another try for brunch. The same hostess was there. I excused myself for the bathroom for longer than anyone should have gone to the bathroom and talked to the host again and explained the situation. That night was the night. Fast forward to the evening and Kat randomly got excited in telling me that she got a fast pass for Frozen at the same time of fireworks. It was the worst ride I had ever been on only because I don't remember it as I had many things on my mind. At this point, I'm already contemplating finding a good spot during the ride to slither off my seat onto one knee and ask her to marry me. Terrible plan. The ring could fall into the water, not to mention it's ridiculous. Scratch off attempt two. Fail. I came to terms that evening knowing it was not going to be on top of the balcony at California Grill while we watched fireworks. 
I don't recall which day we went to Epcot, but it was more than one. As I walked around with the ring in my pocket every day, we finally came to the favorite spot on the perfect evening. We head over to it. This is it. I'm going to ask her to, why is it blocked off? Who are these people? It looks like a wedding party. Her favorite spot is blocked off. We're unable to proceed. Scratch off. Attempt three. Fail. On another evening, we decided to go to the spot at Epcot for fireworks and the spot is blocked off again for some party. I am now officially freaking out. Previously to this, we went to the lanterns and got our pictures and I decided that a number of people around and trying to get the photographer in on it was too much. But now I'm completely exhausted all my options. Nothing has gone the way I planned. Every single attempt to make a proposal special has been squandered. We begin speed walking through Epcot with her hand in mine as I lead the way. By now, I have no idea what I'm doing, where I'm going, or what my plan is. The fireworks begin to set off and we watch as we briskly walk through the park. We leave the World Showcase and I don't really know my way around as Kat does. By the grace of God, we somehow end up at the boardwalk. I am dragging her around like a madman and she begins to question my sanity. The fireworks are still going off and I'm trying to find a spot where we can view from the boardwalk. We walk the entire boardwalk until I'm satisfied with the location. I had all my words planned out and what I was going to say. We stood there watching the fireworks from the railing. I quickly abandoned Cat, run over to a nearby dude, throw my phone at him, and said, please take pictures, I'm about to propose. I went back over to Cat and took her hand in mine and promptly lost every single word I wanted to say. I fumbled through my quick speech, which is what I only can imagine sounded like someone trying to read a torn up note in the correct order. Near the end, I knelt down. Nope, that's the wrong knee. I got back up and knelt down on the correct knee and finished the ordeal and asked her if she would be my wife. Nearby people cheered as I died a little thinking of what a travesty I had made one of the most important events in Kat's life. Every moment of it was magic, at least according to her. enjoyed this episode of the just some magic podcast be sure to go follow gene and his podcast and you can find all those links down below in our show notes again we have episodes every monday and thursday so be sure to subscribe so you never miss a single episode and if you want to help support this growing podcast please share it with some friends and if you have a couple minutes if you can go leave us a review on apple Podcasts, we'd greatly appreciate it lastly if you have a magical moment that you would like me to read on the show please go to justsomemagic.com and click on the share your magic button i can't wait to read all your magical moments and share them with you on the next episode see you then